0: Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is part two of The Brilliant Firefly, Recoil, book two of the original series written by Daniel Hines. We released part one of this story last week and all of book one last year. Be sure to listen so you're all caught up. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Nina and Alice and their family, Evan and Naomi and their family. Luca, Chloe, Loa, and Moe, and their family, and Sean and Malcolm and their family. Thank you so much, Malcolm, Sean, Mo, Loa, Chloe, Luca, Naomi, Evan, Alice, and Nina. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. We also wanted to tell you about a new iTunes app for kids' podcasts that we helped build. It's called Kids Listen on the iTunes App Store. It has nothing but kid-friendly shows curated by us and our kids show friends, and it's free. Just search Kids Listen on iTunes. Stories podcast is brought to you by Chase. Millennials are skipping the starter home and buying more three to four bedroom houses than prior generations. This means a larger down payment. Until you save money back up again, you're temporarily house rich. Chase can help you build up your funds again by saving you money over time. While other lenders incentivize the upfront transaction, Chase is there for you in the long run. They actively manage your mortgage over time and help you lower your payments or pay it all off faster. As a Chase customer, they'll save you money over time by showing you how you can lower your monthly payment. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com stories. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A. and Equal Housing Lender. Summer is finally here. It's time for beach days and barbecues, family vacations, and quality time with the ones you love. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a whole day getting my hair colored at the salon when I could be outside playing frisbee with my dog, but I also don't want to take a chance on a box kit from the drugstore. Now there's another option, Madison Reed! It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world and Amy Arrett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Madison Reed offers gorgeous, professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. What makes their color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm to create over 45 gorgeous, multi-tonal shades. Clients agree. With Madison Reed, you get gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking, fresh-from-the-salon hair. But you can do it yourself at home. Get an expert color consultation or take the color quiz at madison-reed.com. And right now, Stories podcast listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code STORIES. That's code STORIES for 10% off your first color kit plus free shipping. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! The Brilliant Firefly Recoil Part 2 Chapter 3 Homeward Bound Jill's mother's old sedan screeched up to the curb and Jill and Specs dove inside. Jill was watching the video stream on her phone and it was going from bad to worse. Firefly had a massive dent on the front of his armor and wasn't moving beyond the occasional twitch. "'What's going on? Where's Grandpa?' Mom demanded, still in her PJs. "'We gotta get home. Mom, please just trust me. We gotta get home now.' Grandpa's not at home, Jill. I was just there. Please, please trust me. Mom sighed and pulled away from the school, accelerating down the long, dirt roads that led back to the farm. Are you going to explain yourself? I can explain. You have to see for yourself. On Jill's phone, she saw Barbariad leap into the air and swing his massive hammer, shearing the tail off a police helicopter. The copter burst into flames and the pilots bailed out, hitting the ground and rolling to safety as the entire machine crashed down in a fireball a short distance away. What are you watching? What's going on? Firefly. He's fighting Barbariad. It's not going well. Barbariad? Who's that? One of the Scarlet King's new monsters, Jill said. As she watched, Barbariad lifted his wrist and spoke into it. In the distance, a great bird leapt from the top of a nearby building and spread its wings. No, not a bird, Jill realized. It was the Harpy, the other one of the new creations that had been flanking the Scarlet King in his news hijacking. Harpy spread her wings and soared under the other police helicopter. Her razor-sharp, taloned hands tore free a stabilizer and the copter started to spin. It hit the ground a second later with a crash, top blades still going. The pilot spilled out and ran away as the unbalanced helicopter literally spun itself into pieces, shrieking, twisting metal, whipping and spinning into the air. They pulled into the driveway. Well, what now? Jill was already out the door, Specs and her mother chasing after her. She leapt into the silo and punched the keys. Her mother followed in behind her and then came Specs. When they were all inside, she jammed the enter key. What is going on? Is this an elevator? Jill ignored her mother for a moment. There just wasn't time. Specs, when we get down there, you get on the computer and get Grandpa out of there. I'll prep the med bay with Mom. Down where? Med bay? What's going on? Mom, this is going to be hard to believe, but Grandpa, your dad... He's not just your dad. He's, he's, he's Firefly, Mrs. Jays, Specs said softly. Mom laughed. You expect me to believe that my father is Firefly and I just never. The silo elevator doors opened and she trailed off. Before her stretched the Firefly bunker in all its glory. Oh, oh my. Specs ran off toward the computer. Jill grabbed her mother's arm and pulled her toward the medical area. It had a single bed surrounded by supply cabinets and a strange silvery bath. He really is Firefly, her mother whispered, glancing around the bunker. It explains so much. Specs had the computer up and half the monitors were showing the newsfeed now. Crimson Cannonball had arrived on the scene with Captain Legend, both trying to protect the still form of Firefly, but they were simply outmatched. The captain's bullets bounced harmlessly off Barbariad, and Harpy was leading Cannonball through a wild chase in the air, laughing as he blurred past her and slammed himself into a wall. What are they doing? What's their goal here? muttered Jill. But then she had her answer. As Barbariad swept Captain Legend aside with his hammer, Harpy landed on the prone Firefly and grabbed him in her taloned hands. Her beautiful wings stretched wide, and she began to fly up and away. Specs, don't let her take him! Power is low. The suit's in real bad shape, Jill. I'm diverting what I can to the booster, but it's going to be close. Mom was white-faced, watching the screen. Jill grabbed her by the shoulders and looked down into her eyes. That was strange, Jill thought. Since when had she been taller than her mother? I know this is a lot, but he's going to need you when we get him back here. We won't be able to bring him to the hospital, so you're going to have to treat him here. Look in the cabinets. There should be everything you need. I, my father is Firefly? He is, and he needs you. Mom, I need you. Mom shook her head and Jill saw her gather herself. Her mom was tough. Jill had gotten her love of science and engineering from her father, but her strength, her will, that came from mom. In a heartbeat, Jill saw her mother transform from caring mom to Ann Jay's, the no-nonsense ER doctor. Right. Stay out of my way. I'll call when I need you. Jill nodded and ran to Specs. On the screen, Harpy was flying away now, Firefly limp in her talons, Barbariad covering her escape. Specs? One minute, he said, dripping sweat onto the console as he furiously typed and worked a touchpad. Got it, I think. You think? Here we go, Specs said, slapping a final key. For a long moment, nothing changed on the screen. Jill felt her heart sink. But then... There was a blossom of yellow light in the distance. The blossom grew to a star, and then Harpy could no longer hold on. The firefly suit blasted away from her, gaining speed by the foot. Barbariad leapt to catch it, but it was too high and too fast. The monster whiffed and landed with a crash atop a parked police cruiser, shattering it beneath his weight. All right, he's homeward bound, Speck said. How do his vitals look? Not sure. The medical system was destroyed by the hammer. He must be unconscious, though. Otherwise, he would have been able to get himself home with voice or chin commands. Unconscious? She could hope. A part of herself deep inside, the cynical part that fueled her anger, laughed. What kind of day was it when unconscious was a best-case scenario? ETA, eight minutes. Mom worked quickly, prepping the small med bay with all kinds of equipment. Jill stayed out of her way and watched the screen with Specs. The power levels were dropping fast, and those eight minutes felt like the longest of Jill's life. Finally, the entry tube hissed open, and the Firefly suit swept into the room and then skidded across the floor. Jill and her mother ran over as Specs keyed the commands to open the armor. With a pop and crackle of sparks, the panel slid to the side. Inside, Grandpa Jack was face down and still. Jill reached down to pull him free, but her mother slapped her away. Don't touch him, she snapped. It could be his spine. It could be anything. She reached down and began to prod at her father with gentle hands. Jill looked at the armor. The outer plating had been broken away near the shoulder, and inside Jill could see a soft yellow light like early morning sun. Looking closer, the light was spilling out from a twist of machinery. It was familiar, that light, that machinery but she couldn't say from where. Come on, Dad, you're too tough to be hurt, Mom whispered. Finally, after a minute of examination, she looked up. All right, he's alive, but he's in bad shape. We're going to roll him out of the armor. Specs, bring me that rigid stretcher. He grabbed the long board and slid it next to Grandpa Jack on the ground. All right, Jill, roll on three. One, two, three. They rolled Grandpa onto the rigid stretcher and carried him to the bed. Slowly, following her mother's lead, they got him off the board and settled. Good, now get out of my way, Mom said, and bent to work. Chapter 4. What We Know Jill was sitting with her father in his shop, watching him put the finishing touches on a sleek twist of robotic muscle. When it was all but finished, he reached for the small pouch on his belt. It was his tradition to use the elegant black multi-tool, his first invention, to turn the final screw on all of his new creations. The pouch was empty though, and he gave Jill a joking scowl. She smiled back at him, flipping the tool open and closed in her hands, marveling at the butterfly origami motion of its action. Her father had called the tool the Proteus, but she had never asked why. He held out his hand, palm up, like a surgeon waiting for a scalpel. Jill laughed and flipped it open, unfolding the hidden screwdriver and slapping the tool into his waiting hand. He bent down to the gleaming, interlocking robotics in front of him and then paused. After a moment, he handed the tool back to Jill. You finish this one, he said. Jill just stared at the Proteus, that well-worn tool, and found herself speechless. She didn't reach for it. She didn't move at all. Come on, you did half the work on this one. I think it's time for your first finishing touch. He held out the tool in one hand and a small conductive screw in the other. Jill took them both in shaking hands. Go ahead. Drive it home, Jilly Bean. Flushing with pride and love for her father, she set in the little screw and gave it three slow turns. As soon as the screw was seated, The robotic muscle twitched and then settled, humming with energy. Light spilled from the joints in its weave. Beautiful light. Radiant light. Soft yellow light like the early morning sun. Jill. Jill, honey. Wake up. Groggy, Jill opened her eyes. She had fallen asleep curled in a ball on a chair near Grandpa's bed in the med bay. Grandpa? She asked as the memories came flooding back. He's okay, Mom said, shaking her head with a small smile. Tough old man, he's in his recovery bath now. Said it's like a massage chair, but for your whole body. She gestured to the tub full of silvery water. Grandpa was sunk in up to his chin, snoring softly. Even as she watched, tendrils of the silvery water climbed over his face like ivy, spreading wherever they found a bruise or scrape. How bad was it? her mom's smile faltered. Pretty bad, Jill. All his ribs were broken and one punctured his lung. If we hadn't got him back as fast as we did, she shook her head. Well, he's lucky to have you watching out for him. Us. He's lucky to have us, Jill said, enfolding her mother in a tight hug. Her mother hugged her back and then rubbed her eyes. All right, he's out of danger and I'm running on fumes. I already sent specs on home. I'm going to get some sleep on one of those practice mats over there. You keep an eye on him and you come get me when he wakes up, okay? We all need to have a very long talk about all this. Okay, Mom, she said and passed her her blanket. Mom gave her a hug and laid herself down on the soft mats, cocooning herself in the blanket. A few minutes later, her breathing became slow and regular and Jill knew her mother was out cold. She sat and hugged her knees. Thinking of her dream, she pulled the proteus out of her pocket and slid it open and closed, the complex origami trick of it clearing her mind. It had really happened, that dream, just a few months before her father had been killed. He had designed a new kind of synthetic muscle, the exact same one Jill saw beneath the cracked plating of the firefly suit. She tried to think of what it could mean, but really, there was only one answer. She walked over to where Grandpa Jack sat snoring in the tub and shook him gently by the shoulder. He didn't move, but his eyes fluttered slowly open. Chili Bean? He croaked. What happened? Last thing I remember, I got an almighty big hammer to the chest. As he talked, the silver ripples danced on his skin, healing the damage beneath. I saw it on the news, me and Specs. We came back to the bunker and Specs remotely piloted the suit to get you home. Grandpa Jack grunted. You shouldn't have gotten involved, but I guess I'd be a goner if you hadn't, so I can't give you too hard a time. There's more. You were hurt? Even once you were back, you still might not have made it. Then how did... He shook his head. Of course. You told your mother. How much does she know? She's asleep on the practice mat behind you, Jill said. So, yeah. Grandpa sighed. You shouldn't have done that, Jill. I've kept it a secret her whole life and you just went and threw it away. It wasn't your secret to tell. Jill felt the matchstick of anger flare up, shaky and sick in her gut. And dangerous. That, too. Not my secret? We saved your life. She saved your life. I should have let you die instead. It's nothing but secrets with you. How many more are you keeping? Now listen here. She thought you didn't care about her. Her whole stupid life, she thought you would rather work at your lab than be with her. I had to keep her safe. Firefly had to keep everyone safe. And she doesn't deserve to know that, Jill said, yelling now. Don't you think it would have made her feel better to know her dad was out there saving the world and not just working to be away from her? She knows now. No more secrets, okay? No more secrets? Tell me then, how long was my father working for you? If Jill hadn't been sure before, the look of shame and shock on her grandpa's face confirmed her suspicion. How did you know that? The suit got smashed open when Barbaria hammered you. I saw inside. The muscle. Grandpa Jack hung his head. Your father let you see that, huh? He let me turn the final screw, Jill said sadly, holding up the proteus for her grandpa to see. How long? I met him before your mother did, actually, grandpa said slowly. I had some friends at MIT, Stanford, some other schools. I told them I had big government internships for the Department of Defense, but only for the best of the best. I had a few people working for me, a materials expert in Kyoto, a young woman who specialized in robotics out of Berkeley, and your father. And they didn't know what it was for? None of them did. Not at first. The others never figured it out, but your father, well, you know how smart he was. More than smart, intuitive. He worked on some of the strength application stuff for me. Serious power. Let's the suit carry a hundred tons of weight way beyond what anyone thought was possible. He started to worry about how it was being used. He was a good man, Jill. I don't have to tell you that. He saw all the supervillains, saw the Scarlet King's giant battle armor, and thought that maybe he was making stuff for the bad guys. Next batch he sent me, he hid a clever little tracker inside. Didn't show up on any of my scanners. He tracked the muscle, compared it to news footage of super battles, and figured out I was Firefly. Once he knew I was one of the good guys, he tracked me back to my base at the time. It was a bunker like this, under a little house in the suburbs. I had built an entire housing development through a shell company, a gated community, and hid the bunker under the whole thing, let normal people move in. It was good cover. And then you introduced him to my mother? Grandpa Jack laughed ruefully. Lords, no. He tracked me right back to my little house one night and knocked on the door, bold as you please. I happened to have your mother visiting that weekend, so when he showed up, I had to pretend like he was just stopping by to chat about work. Well, He and your mother were about the same age, and she invited him to stay for dinner. Most awkward dinner of my life, your mother flirting with your father, him dying to ask me about the suit and having to make small talk instead. He laughed, shaking his head. What happened next? Jill asked. We fell in love, said Jill's mother, standing, blankets still wrapped about her shoulders. We fell in love and got married and had a beautiful little girl. And he never told me what you two were doing. She crossed over and stood next to Jill, hugging her close. Why did he never tell me, Dad? Why did you never tell me? Grandpa Jack closed his eyes. He suddenly looked his age. The laugh lines on his face looked deeper, his skin pale and tired. We didn't want you to worry. You mean you didn't want me to make you stop. Grandpa sighed. That too but we did stop when Jill was born he wanted out that's when we came up with the plan to retire the battle of the bay Jill whispered grandpa nodded the scarlet king wanted me gone wanted to be the legendary genius that took down firefly but she could never beat me so when jilly was born i offered him a deal i save the city we both pretend to be destroyed and we both retire The Scarlet King gets to go back to his hideout, no more authorities chasing him, and be a legend. Your father and I keep our family safe. But you never stopped working on the suit? Jill asked. Grandpa Jack smiled. Old habits die hard. Your father and I kept improving it, just in case it was ever needed, but the Scarlet King kept his word. Then why go out last summer? Why jeopardize everything to stop a goon like Hippopotaman? Mom asked. Jill flushed red, but her mother was focused on Grandpa Jack and didn't notice. Lapse in judgment, I guess, said Grandpa. It's been getting worse out there, like you noticed. When it got so bad in Giga City that you moved out here, well, I guess I figured I had to try and help. I was sort of hoping the Scarlet King had gotten too old for fighting in the last dozen years or so. Mother put her head in her hands and Grandpa shot Jill an iron-eyed look that said keep your mouth shut. Jill didn't like lying to her mother, but the mistake had already been made and mom had enough to deal with. And how did Jill know? How did you know, Jill? She asked them both. She tracked my signal to the silo and found the elevator. She's smart, like her old man, like her mother. How smart can I be? I never realized my own father was Firefly. I moved worlds to keep that from you, Anne. I wanted you to have a normal life. Once you stop the Scarlet King, that's it, okay? No more, Firefly. No more secrets. No more secrets, Grandpa Jack agreed. But Jill thought of her fight with Hippopotaman and knew he was lying. There was always another secret. Always. To be continued. Today's story, part two of The Brilliant Firefly Recoil, was an original story written by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. Stay tuned for part three of this book to be released next week. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and receive a thank you in a future episode, please visit patreon.com stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and let us know who to thank. And don't forget to check out the Kids Listen app for a curated collection of kid-friendly podcasts. Just search Kids Listen on iTunes. Thanks for listening.